The Heat looked to end their seven-game losing streak, and players met Tuesday morning for a film session that, according to Bam and Abayo, provides some clarity on what's gone wrong. But will it translate to a win versus the Kings? Plus, is it time for Eric Spolstra to make a change to the starting lineup? And if things continue to slide for Miami, is there a possibility of trading Jimmy Butler or Tyler Hero? We debate all that and more on today's episode of Locked on Heat. You are Locked on Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to Locked On Heat, your daily podcast on the Miami Heat. I'm Wes Goldberg, editor at allyoucanheat.com. Joining me as always, longtime NBA reporter David Vermill. However you're tuning in on YouTube, Odyssey, or your favorite podcast app, thanks so much for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day got a bunch of stuff to get to today a great show including whether or not the heat might have to consider life after jimmy butler first Mm. the heat have lost seven in a row they are 24 and 23 on the season and on tuesday went through a team meeting slash film session and it sounds like they cleared the air on some of the things that they need to fix here's some of the sound from today's media session yeah right now this is uh about uh you know, our house, we, we have got to get our, our structure right um, and live up to our standards that we've set for ourselves at the beginning of the year. Um, we're, we're not doing that uh, of recent uh, time. Uh, we're fully aware of that. Uh, but we have a group that's very committed to, you know, to getting this going back on, on the right track. As frustrating as this is for everybody, everybody's extremely frustrated, angry, uh, you know, Despondent, a bunch of uh, emotions that you're naturally going to feel if you're a competitor, uh, and and we're not winning games. Um, and we're focusing on on that stuff right now. It's been a painful step or two backwards, uh, and we're just going to keep on working until we get those uh, those positive steps forward um, collectively, um, and and we'll get there. You know, I know I, I keep saying that, uh, but I know our group. Today's film session. Uh, I feel like we all heard the communication loud and clear. Uh, you know, it's provided a lot of clarity for all of us. Uh, we walked out with a lot of clarity, a lot of confidence. Um, that's not going to result in a W, obviously, because we have to play the game. But, you know, everybody's comfortable um, after having that film session. You hear that, David, and you think what? I think positives. I think they needed to have a clearing out session. Sometimes that's all it takes. You know, there's so much negativity right now among the fan base, and with good reason. They've lost seven games. Totally understandable. They don't look like a well-maintained, well-run unit. And that being the case, you're going to have questions about this team. But I think other teams find themselves in a similar spot And you would see a lot more, I don't know, angst, a lot more of what Eric Spolster was talking about, all those different synonyms he had for negative emotions and negative connotations. I I think you would see that much more blatantly, much more tense, maybe even aggression. You get like a players only meeting, right? Yes. You fire the coach. We just saw happen in Milwaukee and they didn't even lose seven in a row. To your point, this was an all-hands-on-deck, let's all get this together, let's all be in the family. And you know what was so funny was Eric Spolster kept saying, and he's like, and with all due respect, what we talked about is none of you guys' business, talking to the media. And he kept saying, it's none of your business, it's none of your business, with all due respect. And I was like, well, it's a little bit of our business. 
because we're standing here talking to you and we're trying to figure out what's going on and we've been covering you for years. Right. So, but I get but his point. point I, yeah, right. It's not, it, it, I think he wasn't, I don't know that he was saying you in terms of the media, he more was saying, and he kind of alluded to this, you in terms of the outside world. And so it was very much of a, Hey, let's just, let's bunk, let's hunker down together and figure this thing out together was sort of yeah. the vibe coming out of yeah. practice today. No, I, that's how I'm taking it too. I, I, the way I see it and you know, they are such a, a, a self-contained unit. You know, this team has operated like this for so many years with Eric Spolstra at the helm. They weathered the storm of the big three era, the years in between Jimmy Butler and the tension and the, right. the, the, the catalyst that he is and even on every Spoh, roster. Right? Pat Riley dunking his head in water, one suit, one tie, like the whole, all that kind right. of stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think that was a little bit more over. I think, sure. I think Riles was a little bit more willing to use the media to needle his players and Spo is Spo kind of shies away from that. He doesn't, he's not going to light a fire by giving you or Ira or anyone a quote. Like that's not going, he's not going to do that. You know, I, at least not to me. I, I that's, that's not how I perceive it. I think, you know, he, he just wants to get this work done. And well, what's the work? Because I think I want to, mm. what are they going over in that film session? Because we asked Spo about it over and over again. He's like, well, I'll do respect. It's none of your business. But right. you and I have a podcast to do, and we got to figure this out. And here's what I keep coming back to. It's the seven-game losing streak is one thing. But I think we're losing the plot a little bit when we're just focusing on, hey, they lost seven games in a row. And once they win one, they're going to come out of this. This has not been a good team since basically the turn of the calendar. Since January 1st, they are 28th in offensive rating. They are 14th in defensive rating. Dave, that's basically the Chicago Bulls. That's what they are. That's what they are right now since January 1st. And the Bulls are not a good team. The Bulls are sitting here thinking about blowing it up. And how many players do we got to trade? And what's the future look like? And I know we're going to be talking about uh, Miami Heat trades a little bit later. Um, there's a lot of things to get into. They're 24 and 23 now after this losing streak. They're just they're three games back of Indiana for the sixth seed and only four and a half games out of the 11th seed, missing the play-in tournament altogether. Uh, and we are five games away until the trade deadline. I want to put a pin in the trade stuff. We will get to that later. And I think it's an important conversation to be had. But yeah. beyond just the seven games, there's a lot of things that they need to fix, is my point. Not only to be better than they have been since January 1st, but to make real headway in the Eastern Conference. I think based on what Jimmy Butler said after the game yesterday on Monday night, and I think the way Eric Spolster has operated ever since he took over the team, it's got to be on the defensive issue. I, I think it's a focus on being in the right place, providing more effort and intensity, moving with purpose, doing things to try and create chaos on the floor, on the defensive end, so that you can ignite your offense because that's just how they've always operated and will continue to do so. This team is never going to be, even during the big three era, when you had three of the top 10, top 15 players in the NBA, it was all about igniting their offense using their defensive principles, which is why they had the flying death machine. And it was so effective. I mean, they were one of the best teams in NBA history for a reason. And, and I think they the continue only to operate that have actually worked is because they actually gave a crap about defense. Right. So they could go through whatever lulls they could go through offensively because they, and they've said this, and I think it's a valid point. You're unless you're the golden state warriors and even them, they had two prime defensive players on their roster. Awesome. Yes. Yes, exactly. They were able to cut, you know, they had really good defensive yeah, yeah. players and clay and frame on everything else. And you could still 
wind up shooting over 45% from three-point range, and yes, you're going to wind up having a dynastic. Well, that's the point, is everybody keeps talking about the shots are going to fall. Eventually, the shots are going to fall, and Eric Spolstra has used the word ignitable several times, and it started. <laughs> I'm starting to get flashbacks from last season, and not in a good way, uh, kind of before the playoff run. But that's what's happening. But you're absolutely right, the defensive stuff. I watched the film on that Suns game again, and man, dude, it is not good. I mean, we didn't even talk about Drew Eubanks scoring like 11 points off the bench just on endless wide open rolls last night, right? Uh, and it's so when I'm thinking, okay, they they got into a film session today, and they all watched the film, right? And they started calling each other out. Eric Spolster ran the film session, and he started saying, "This needs to be better. This needs to be better." This needs to be better, whether it was X's and O's or an effort thing or whatever. It was a right. lot of defensive leaning things that he was pointing to. What are those specific things? It's, again, watching the film last night, it's late rotations. Yep. It's, falling it's falling asleep off the ball. It's not fighting over a screen on one end of the court hard enough. So in turn, what does that do? It makes your defense behind you scramble. The ball gets swung the other side by the, the by the the Phoenix Suns, and then all of a sudden, because you've scrambled now for the last five seconds of the shot clock, somebody on the other side of the court gets a wide open jumper. It's not being on a string, in other words. Whenever whenever when Eric Spolster talks about being on a string, that's what he's talking about. Right. Those are the things. It's quite honestly, it's laziness in some respects. It's not playing with that intensity that this Heat team. And going back to our conversation yesterday, David, this team has to play with. They don't have the luxury of not doing it. They don't have the luxury of, hey, we'll just go get this back on the offensive end. They don't get to do that. Like a lot of these teams do get to do that. Phoenix can do that for three quarters, locking in the fourth quarter and win games. They've done that a lot this year. Miami does not have that luxury. They've got to do it for most of the 48 minutes, if not all of it. And they haven't been. And I think that's what Spo was calling out on film. They don't have Rudy Gobert. Like you can make a mistake in the defensive issue and then you have seven foot four Rudy clear up your mess and, and make sure that again provides an obstacle either on the perimeter just because of his sheer length and size or at the rim they right. don't have that i mean bam's out 30 feet away hedging on a, a ball handler and you know that's gonna that's gonna create a mismatch somewhere else that somebody has to either front try to anticipate those passes close out with a little bit more purpose just do things a little bit well, more sharply sometimes he's got a drop and it, and now enough. you're forcing Tyler Hero or Terry Rozier to play over on uh, go over the screen, and that's just a lot of wear and tear on those guys too. And it's just, it's not an excuse, but they got to do it. And that's the point. Right. Speaking of Tyler Hero and Terry Rozier, hmm. some conversation happening now, even since just having acquired Terry Rozier, that maybe this backcourt isn't working in terms of a starting unit. Do they have to split them up? We're going to talk about that next here on Locked On Heat. Today's episode of Locked on Heat is brought to you by our partners over at eBay Motors. They've teamed up with Locked on Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire every week, we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. Let's see who Josh has picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. we got five names here, Wes. I want to hear who you've got here. Io DeSunmo over at the Bulls. Jared Vanderbilt with the Lakers. Josh Hart and the Knicks. Paul Reed and Aaron Neesmith. Which of those names is really standing out to you as far as who might take a bump in their production? 
Well, Desumu torched the heat a couple weeks ago when Chicago is in town. So I'm sort of leaning in that direction. Um, yeah. He's one of those guys. He's like a feast or famine guy. If you need like a yeah. deep bench guy, and maybe it's one of those nights where a lot of your guys just aren't really in the lineup, not playing that night. Desumu's worth a flyer. I like him. I, I think I think that's a good pick. I, I'm kind of leaning Josh Hart myself. I think with Julius yep. Randle missing time over the next few weeks, he's going to get a lot of minutes, and you're going to see his production upping. Uh, he's going to get more minutes. He's going to get more opportunity offensively. And with you know OG still having his minutes here and there, and his, his moments trying to figure out his footing in New York, I think Hart's going to get a big bump there. But any, any one of these choices is a great selection because Josh knows what he's doing. He's one of the best in the business, if not the best. He's from Locked On Fantasy Basketball. He's going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is all about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. Who doesn't love your car? Like It's such an important part of your life. It gets you everywhere you need to go. It's part of so many different memories, whether it's your big first date or a special meeting or taking you to that job that might transform your life or it might be to, to pick up your kids from school. Those opportunities that we all kind of get lost on every day as we're waiting in traffic here in Miami-Dade, it's a part of your life and there's no denying it. So keep your car running the best you can with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die. You can make sure... Your car stays running smoothly with brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, and so much more. Whatever your car needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only and exclusions do apply. Thanks for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app. Every dayers, make sure you tune in Wednesday night for our reactions to a home game against Sacramento Kings. Hopefully talking about a W, maybe handing out some credit cookies in that one. We'll see. Locked On has also launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go Locked On Sports Today on YouTube. Subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. I don't even remember where the Locked On kitchen is anymore. Does the oven (laughs) still work? Do we need to get an electrician here? Because we haven't baked a batch of credit cookies in quite a while. It's been a minute, man. It's been a minute. (laughs) Um, Speaking of that losing streak, all right. We're... I want to get to something that's percolating. I want to, it's percolating. The sense of urgency is something that the Heat have talked about, but I don't know it has, I don't know that it's been properly put into context because I think we're at, we're coming up to a breaking point potentially, but I want to put a pin in that for now. Let's go to the Tyler Hero, Terry Rozier thing because when we go back to the film findings that we were just discussing, yeah, that backcourt hasn't worked. It doesn't work on film. And it's been outscored. When Tyler Hero and Taro Zero are on the court together, the Heat have been outscored by 25.4 points per 100 possessions. Guess what? That's awful. That's really bad. Uh, now, it's worth saying, Taro Zero just got here. He has not even gone through one full practice. We actually thought today would be the full, his first actual practice with the Miami Heat. And that was not the case because they just went through film instead of doing some live action on court work. I don't even know if they went upstairs to the practice floor. I think they did most of it 
in their film room downstairs. So I, he hasn't gone through a full practice. He declined to even answer whether or not, uh, or he, like, I think Ira asked him, Hey, what percentage of the playbook do you know? And he's like, I don't even want to get into percentages, which does not sound like if it was a hundred percent. He would have said a hundred percent. I don't, I yeah. feel like if you dodge a question that way, you're doing it for a reason. Again, every excuse in the world hasn't gone through a full practice, very much doing this on the fly, moving from Charlotte to Miami. None of this is easy. So I'm withholding judgment. And I do think that the talk of splitting up Hero and Rozier in that backcourt is overstated, but we've gotten so many questions about it. And these yeah. guys have already fielded enough questions about it that it's worth bringing up. Where are you on this? I will have to lean towards what Eric Spolster said because I don't think there's any choice. Like, I, I think he believes in this union working. And until such time as they're willing to trade Tyler or he's willing to accept a bench role, I think they're kind of committed to it and they kind of have to figure out a way of making it work. That might be a kind of vague answer, but I just think it's reality. I will also say this. I hope Heat fans appreciate that Kyler Lowry was at least able to bring enough defensively to complement the issues there and to fit in the grand scheme of what they were trying to do defensively because I think that kind of gets overlooked by the fact that he wasn't shooting well or he wasn't shooting at all. And so that's, you know, look, it's not to say that the Rozier trade was a mistake. We're still too early in this. And I think you and I are both still optimistic that it can work. And that's kind of where I'm still at. I just think there's, you need more time. They just haven't had that luxury. Yeah. I don't know that they will either. You're, you're kind of trying to get this. Okay. Yeah. Going. Yeah. You're trying to get this going now. You're trying to get these two pieces to work together and they have their respective issues. Like Rozier has had some issues defensively. I think in a vacuum, he's a better defender than Tyler is just by virtue of his physical strengths and things of that sort. But I think it just hasn't worked in this whole team concept. And that's how this team yeah. has operated so effectively. They need to be on a string. They need to be working as five fingers on one fist. And that's how they work so effectively. And with Rozier still learning the ropes, with Tyler having some issues, I think overall, again, he hasn't been just a big glaring problem defensively, but I think there are issues there where players are going to attack him and he's going to be somewhat problems, out of place. Inherent limitations. Yes. He's he'll just never a smaller be... guard with a negative wingspan. He's going to get attacked over and over again. Yeah. Rozier has been okay on the ball. I actually think he's been good fighting over screens and things like that. Off the ball, he looks lost. It was one of the yep. things that stuck out in film. There was a lot of correctables in the film on Terry Rozier. Just not even lazy closeouts, just missing them, missed rotations, just not knowing where he's supposed to be. But again, he's just learning the defensive playbook. He's just learning the schemes. He's just learning how to communicate with these new teammates. I'm willing to give that stuff a pass. But to your point earlier, we don't have all the time in the world, right? And it's why, in part, you get that trade done in January. Is that it gives you a few, a, three more weeks before the trade deadline where you normally would have had. It gives you three yep. more weeks to kind of ramp up and get and get Terry Rozier up to snuff here but we're what 10 days away from the nba trade deadline now miami mm. has five games until the trade deadline i'm going to repeat Ouch. the record because it's worth repeating 24 and 23 the seven game losing streak they are precariously close to 500 precariously close to being below 500 and if you're below 500 within a couple of games of the trade deadline and you were supposed to be a finals contender any other team in the league would be asking itself some really serious questions. And the only reason we're not asking these very serious questions about the Miami Heat is because last year they took the eighth seed up uh, all the way to the NBA Finals. But I don't think we can just count on a rinse-repeat performance of that. And so, look, five well, games until the trade deadline. It, let me ask a quick question. Is it better to consider benching Tyler Hero 
than it is to trade him? Or do you think it's just not feasible? Bench him for who? First of all, Duncan Robinson's in concussion protocol. I don't, I, maybe you could play Caleb, Caleb Martin as the other guard. Sure. Maybe yeah. I, I just, I, you know where I'm at with the Tyler Euro thing. I, if there was a great other lineup option, I think they would well, have to, I, I think they would, I, I just don't know that there's a better option, especially defensively. I don't know that there's a better option. You could tell me Caleb might be a better option, but offensively now you're really limited because if you're, if you're starting Caleb, Caleb Martin can get hot from three point range. Nobody is scared of that guy. No defense is closing out five, five alarm fire on a Caleb Martin three-pointer. You need floor spacing. You need Tyler Hero's floor spacing, and you need uh, Terry Rozier's floor spacing. And if you're going to bench Tyler for Duncan Robinson when he does get back from this concussion protocol, you're still dealing with the defensive issues at at an even greater rate than you do even with Tyler Hero. So I don't know that the great like answer is sitting there for Miami. And so, no, I wouldn't... I, I would not look, I'm not saying anything is off the table. I would never say everything is off the of table, course. but right now it's just like you mentioned before with Eric Spolster, he believes that it can work. And I think yeah. they have to, because I think it's still their best option. I, 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 I'm right there with you. I'm just, it just seems like for a lot of fans, it's, it seems like that's the easy solution. Trade Tyler, trade Tyler. It's like, I don't know how realistic that is. And so I think if you're stuck between the decision of whether or not you're going to trade Tyler and who knows what you might get back for him, Probably not much or nothing of such great value that's going to raise your ceiling or improve your chances of being a contender this season. That's just not going to work. You're not getting a superstar at the trade deadline. It's not going to happen. And whatever valuable role players you might envision out there aren't going to help this team so dramatically, at least not in my opinion. No. So if you're stuck between the you know the, the prophetic uh, uh, rock and a hard place of either trading him or benching him, to me, I think benching him makes a, a much more sense. And, and so... I don't know. I think that's the next step. The next, if, if if this team continues to struggle and this losing losing streak extends into double digits, I think the next step is probably to say we're going to have to figure out a way of getting Tyler to accept the bench role, and There's, hopefully he'll get it. The problem with that is it lessens his trade value. It's much more attractive to trade a starting twenty point per game guard yeah, than to bring one to then to trade one that comes off the bench. I'm. It, it is across the rest I, of the NBA. Other teams view, hey, if we're getting a starting guard over a sixth man, you know, would you rather trade for, you know, if you bring him off the bench, you're basically saying you're Jordan Clarkson now. And I would, I, he's better than Jordan Clarkson right now. And I get that. But I, I just think it might hurt his trade value. And that might be why Miami is a little bit hesitant to do it too. I think some of the politics in that do come into play. But like I said before, I think that's low on the list of reasons why. Tyler Hero remains in the starting lineup. I think the number one reason is he's one of their best five players. They got to hit some sort of watermark offensively. And yeah. I think he's their best way to get there, especially when Jimmy Butler doesn't want to be an every night offensive player. That's the sure. other part of this too. If he's scoring 31 points or 28 points, it's a, it looks a little bit easier to bench Tyler Hero, but that's just, that's not really Miami's. It's not the world that the heat can live they, in right now. So can they bench Rosier um, then? I'm st- I, they could they could do any of this stuff. I just want to wait. Like give it a few more games. I just I don't know. Yeah, but isn't that risky though? Like I mean, we're, we're talking about it, and I think you and I are both optimistic in that kind of wait and see approach, but at what point I mean again, it, it's, dominoes have to fall, right? And they have to fall in, in a certain order in order for Miami, for Spolstra, for the front office to consider what happens next. Is it do you wait for the next 3 games? And say, okay, something's yeah. got to change. And if that's the case, you know, is it bench Tyler or bench Terry? Is it trade 
Tyler and see what you can get this year while you still have that opportunity? I'm not so sure. I don't, I don't know what the clear answer is. I don't know if they have a clear answer either. And that's somewhat problematic because you have a fan base that's desperate right now and looking for answers and thinks it's bench Tyler, it's trade Tyler. They think that's the solution to all their problems. Right. And I don't know that that's realistic either. Well, the trade conversation is one worth having. And if the Heat are in a bad spot in a few more days, maybe they have to think even bigger picture in terms of the player that they might want to trade. We'll talk about that next here on Locked on Heat. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. It's the start of the new year, right? And every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that'll take my business to the next level in 2024? Well, LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with. And that's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. I've been there. I know what it's like to be in a business uh, setting and, and you're trying to find the right person and you have to go through all these different candidates. And I did not use LinkedIn at that time when I was hiring somebody. And believe me, it was a lengthy process, much more drawn out than it should have been. I wish I had the tools available that LinkedIn provides because it gets you the candidates that you're looking for. You can give them the tests that they need in order to have the requisite skills that you're looking for. And you can get it done so quickly. It's not just another job board. They've got a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. And it's so easy when you have that many quality candidates. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats, it might not have the time or resources to find the right hire. So post your job for free over at linkedin.com slash NBA. That's linkedin.com slash NBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Thanks for making Locked on Heat your first listen every day. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app, Everydayers. Make sure you are hitting that subscribe button on YouTube. Like us on YouTube. Leave a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to the podcast. We'll be back Wednesday night with our post-game reactions to Heat Kings. Um, going back to what we're talking about in terms of the compressed timeline that the Heat have here, because we are dealing with something like that. I mentioned before, five yep. games until the trade deadline. Let's look ahead at the schedule that's coming up beyond even the Sacramento Kings game on Wednesday night. After that, they go to Washington on Friday night, and then they get the Clippers at home on Sunday, 6 p.m. tip ESPN. The two games that they have after that uh, before the February 8th trade deadline at home against Orlando, at home against San Antonio. I think the Heat are going to win a few of these games. I'm going to put that out there now. But if they don't, and it feels like these next three games in particular, out of the five, the next three, Sacramento, yeah. Washington, L.A., by the end of the weekend, I think if things go south even more and Miami's looking up and in the Eastern Conference standings and they're below 500, right? serious questions are going to have to be asked. And I don't think that they get to the point of having to trade Jimmy Butler. But we hinted on the uh, to this on yesterday's show the end of an era, potentially, whether or not it's this trade deadline in a few days or even this summer, yeah. if this season doesn't go the way that the Heat are hoping it goes, then I, I think it. I, I just think it would have to be on the table. Again, no reporting behind this. I'm not trying to do that. I'm not trying to stir the flame, the, the, the stir the fire. What's it? Stir, stoke the fire? 
Stoke the fire. And stir, stir the, the what? Stir the pot. I don't want to stir the fire or stoke the pot here, but um, I don't know how you could, but <laughs> well, then I'm not gonna. <laughs> Mission accomplished. But uh, that's no, I look. I make worth it having sense. that conversation. Yeah. And by the way, if we want to do hot takes, Kendrick Perkins on the low post had this <laughs> to say uh, when he was asked for exactly that by Zach Lowe asked for, to, to to come onto the show with a hot take. <laughs> Has lost seven in a row. I think it's time for the Miami Heat He's so good. and Jimmy Butler to part ways. I think the Miami Heat needs <laughs> need to do right by Jimmy Butler and send him to a legit title contender. I don't know why the air horn just felt like we needed something there. Um, <laughs> More like a, a, a yeah, an alarm of some kind because that right. is a scalding hot take. Uh, I, I I could see where he's going from, uh, I, but I, this isn't also Dame Lillard struggling a totally rebuilding situation and going, "Come on, I've done so much for this franchise for twelve seasons. Help me to get someplace where I can find a way to win a title and compete regularly and not go through it." 25 30 win season at best you know so i don't think that's where this team is like unless jimmy butler and i again i'm not saying anything i know his agent is you know very clearly plugged in and i obviously he's he's gonna make whatever demands feel are, are necessary i don't think jimmy's at a point right now and and based just even on what he said after the loss on monday night to the suns i think there's optimism there and it doesn't seem like I, you know, with Jimmy, it's not just empty talk. I, I know he's very good on like putting it out there, putting it out in the universe and that kind of visualization. You know, you you act the way that you say you're going to be as a, in, in the future. And for him, he does believe in his group and it's worked, right? I, I mean, I remember even a story for that first season with Jimmy on the roster where in the, in, during the whole season, he kept saying, hey, we're going to win the championship. And this was like well, his first season with the he's team. He's not really saying that this year. And I haven't really thought about that until just now. It's a great point. We don't hear it as much. He keeps saying we're going to figure it out. We're going to figure we're it out. Figure it out. That's not the because same. It doesn't as matter. We're going to win the championship. You're right, but I think that's where the expectations are with him and with this front office. I just mean, they're not going to. So we've gone yeah. from championship level expectations. No, to figuring it no. out for him. Figuring it out means we're going to compete at a high level in the playoffs. Maybe. He doesn't give a damn about what happens versus Sacramento in February or, or late January, I should say. And I think that's the whole thing is that right now this team cannot be measured by what happens now during the seven-game losing streak during anything else. The the trade for Terry Rozier was because Kyle Lowry wasn't nearly productive enough and you had that expiring contract yeah. that he had to use in order to make an immediate change that could have a positive impact. Yeah. It just hasn't translated yet. They're not moving Jimmy Butler now. They're not going to move him unless Jimmy Butler says, I've lost faith in this team. I don't I don't like playing with goddamn Tyler Hero and his ridiculous ball handling. Bam hasn't taken the leak. I'm sick of trying to grind it out for 82. I hear days. you. I hear you. I hear you. We agree on that. It's not going to happen. They're not trading Tyler, they're not trading Jimmy Butler in the next few days. But that doesn't mean we can't have a little bit of fun with the soundbite oh. from Kendrick Perkins. And it doesn't mean I can't hop on the trade machine and make up some Jimmy Butler trades just for Is fun. that what you've done? Is that what you've done? Of course I have. You know I've done that. Theoretically. We've been doing a podcast long enough that you know I've got seven Jimmy Butler trades lined up. Are you ready oh, for them? I'm going to reject all of them. Go for it. I'm not asking you to accept them or reject them. I'm just talking. We're just talking it through. 
We're just talking trades. Yeah. So look, I I do think that the Heat are going to have to, and we've brought this up before. I think over the summer, if this season doesn't end the way that the Heat wanted to, you have to have a real conversation about Jimmy Butler. It doesn't mean you have to trade him. It just means he's due for an extension. He might not get the money that he wants. Oh, no. not, might not be willing to pay him the money that he That's wants. That's a different conversation. That, I think a totally different I think conversation. When we talk yes. about the end of an era, I think this summer is when you have that conversation, and that oh, is an happen. okay and appropriate time to have that conversation. You and I agree on that. We think it's going to happen. Yes. Doesn't mean they're going to trade him. It just means the conversations in that front office, serious ones, will be had. All hands on deck at the round table there. But again, that doesn't serve our purposes between now and the trade deadline. So I had some fun. I came up with some Jimmy Butler trades if the Heat were to trade him. Okay. I think you have to send him to a contender. If you're going to do it, got to do right. You got to send it to a team that can actually win a lot of games and a lot of playoff games. There's no guarantee that anybody wins a championship, but you put Jimmy Butler on a playoff team and that team's going to win a lot of playoff games. Philadelphia, his old team in Philadelphia. For just Tobias Harris and two first-round picks, or some of those expiring Nick Batum, Robert Covington, Marcus Morris uh, contracts, you bring those back. All of that stuff comes off the books this summer. You get a couple of first-round picks. You get to retool around 26-year-old Bam Adebayo and 23-year-old, 24-year-old Tyler Hero and 22-year-old Jaime Hakez Jr. And you get to add a couple of first-round picks to the mix. And you send Jimmy Butler to Philadelphia where he can win with Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey and Nick Nurse. I think you're doing right by Jimmy in that trade. It doesn't sound like you're getting a lot back, but Jimmy Butler's 34 years old. I don't really know what you're getting back for Jimmy Butler. What do you think? Yes, it's a trade. Yes, it is a trade. Um, What would... All right, here's Sacramento. I kind of like Jimmy Butler in Sacramento. Creating a backbone for their defense that doesn't really exist. Gives them that wing that they've been looking for. He fits well next to De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis, who space the floor uh, and can run the offense and do all the things that have that two-man game that Tyler Hero and Bam Adebayo don't quite have right now, haven't established. You trade him to Sacramento, it's kind of hard to get to the salaries, but you end up with Harrison Barnes, Kevin Herter, Malik Monk, and two first-round picks. I like that one less in the Philly trade, but I can see why it makes sense for Miami. I just don't see it making sense for Sacramento. You don't like – I love that for Sacramento. Yeah, I don't think that's the player that they're looking for at this point. I think you would try to get Keegan Murray from Miami. I think Sacramento would say no to that, and you'd be kind of <laughs> yeah. left, and that would be it. Um, I got another one. Houston, for Dylan Brooks and one of their young guys, plus one of the salaries of Jeff Green or Victor Oladipo. Can it be Shingoon? Because if it's Shingoon, then no, it's going to be Shingoon. No, I was thinking uh. it'd probably be like, it might be Jalen Green. Hey, not me. I just want to go on record right now and saying that a year and a half, we were I was roasted for a conversation I had on Lockdown NBA that every Rockets fan has gone through a number of times. And even Lockdown Rockets host Jackson Gatlin is doing himself. So I'm just going to say I've been vindicated, baby. It's all right. I kind of like Jabari Smith Jr. I would grab him as a big kind of power forward future next to Bam. If you can get Jabari Smith Jr., Dylan Brooks, and like a first-round pick – that that would be a home run for Miami, honestly. And I think, and by the way, that trade might be there this summer if Houston wanted to try to make a leap. Oh yeah, that's a team that wants to win now, right? Don't they have the the ownership thing? Hey, go go yeah. get into the playoffs, go win some playoff games. Uh, the Pelicans, this one I don't really love for either team, but it would be Jonas Valanciunas, Herb Jones, um, Larry Nance Jr.'s contract, and a first round pick. I'm okay with it. 
I'm okay with it. I mean, again, I, I don't I don't know why. I, I guess it helps the Pelicans to some degree. I don't think it helps them dramatically either. And I don't kind of hate it for them. Yeah. <laughs> I like Herb Jones, though. He's a fine player. Um, I got two more for you. All right. Golden State. Oof. In exchange for Jimmy Butler and Caleb Martin, oh. the Heat get Clay Thompson's expiring contract oh. and Jonathan Kaminga. You get oh, Kaminga as a as as your wing of the future. You get and, and you're looking at Bam, Kaminga, Hakez, and Tyler Hero as sort of your your young core. You bring in Clay Thompson for half a season to show to show Tyler Hero how to be to thrive as a catch and shoot guy and be and and carve out a Hall of Fame career doing just that. I don't mind it. And then Clay goes and signs with LA over the summer. No, all right. I don't think that happens. Two more. What does Cleveland say if Jimmy if if the Heat right now said Jimmy Butler for Donovan Mitchell straight up? What would Cleveland say? They would have to have a meeting about it, considering that they don't think that Donovan Mitchell is re-signing there. I, I guess I, would, I I I don't I think I'm like shell shocked at the uh, the possibility of it. I feel like Miami would have to give up a lot more just to make it happen, like Jimmy and picks in order to get Mitchell. Jimmy in a first. Straight up, would the salaries even work? Throw Jovic in there. Yeah, it works. Okay, you might have I to guess. throw in like a Thomas Bryant salary or something, but like nothing substantial. You know, that might actually be a well a better balance team. Like you have Garland still running the thing there. You got Struz as his back court mate. Garland's Jimmy is a small. Week. Yeah, uh, Jimmy Mobley, Jared Allen. That's a team nobody wants to face in the playoffs. If you're Cleveland, you're looking up at Philly, Boston, and Milwaukee. And you have no real way of kind of climbing that ladder with this current core. You don't think Donovan Mitchell is going to be there long term in your heart of hearts. You could say all the things publicly that you want to say. You don't think he's coming back. You don't think he's signing an extension. So you're going to lose him in a, in a couple of years anyway, a year and a half. That's if you're and you can make that leap. You can make that move now. You could do it right now. I I, I, I kind of love it. Right. Love and if you're Miami, I mean, you got to say yes. Yeah, it's it's a reset. Not really. It's just kind of leaning into a younger player. And the hope is that maybe you guys can figure it out and you'll still be able to compete at a high level. And you know what? They're going to meet in the playoffs. Donovan in Miami versus Cleveland I, with Jimmy Butler. That's going to be an interesting matchup. That would be really that would that's the only trade I think that makes a lot of sense for Heat fans is you're going to get that young player back because you're not then you're not going to reset. You're not going through a rebuilding process. If you can get a player of that star quality in exchange for Jimmy Butler on his way out at his age. I don't, I don't think Cavs fans would be happy with that deal. But yeah, I they think, would. They think Donovan Mitchell's maybe, out. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Have you I run it by Locked On Cavs hosts? I'll do it right now. I'm going to text Chris. Ah. <laughs> All right, we'll end it on that one. That was a good one. Uh, thanks for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Follow us on your podcast app every dayers. Tune in Wednesday night for our post-game reactions to Heat Kings. And remember, Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel.